Hi everyone, this is Andrew with Board Game Barbarians, and I am here with my co-host and barbarian brother, Justin. Hello. Hello. We it are... The Dungeons oh, and Dragons? It is. We are doing a Dungeons and Dragons show where we are going to be playing Dungeons and Dragons only not. Can you explain what we're actually playing? I like how difficult it, it seems for... You're trying so hard to sound dramatic, and you're just like, we're, we're playing a game. Yay. <laughs> well, hello and welcome I'm to Beyond the Veil. Wait. I'm gonna, I'm gonna add sound effects. <laughs> I'm gonna record, re, redo my recording. Sound effects. Um, we are playing a tabletop fantasy role-playing game. Uh, anybody that's familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, at a conceptual level, it is the same. You sit around a table, you pretend to be dudes or ladies or whatever you like and uh you role play a character and you go on adventures so uh, at, at its conceptual level it's the same as D D. um but we're playing a different flavor uh, uh of that that is called dungeon crawl classics role-playing game put out by goodman games developed by joseph goodman and many others uh originally came out in 2012 which i only give so much background because i think maybe a lot of people don't realize that there's not D&D is not the only tabletop fantasy role-playing game. There's like a whole world of them out there. So hopefully this will broaden people's perspectives on that, you know. But yeah, we are playing DCC RPG as it will be henceforth referred to as. GC's Dungeons Cry Calendars. Yeah, Dungeons and Calendars. It's about we are, we're all accountants and uh, it's, it's great. We go into dungeons. I'm sure some people would play that. I... You know, now that I think about it, I'd play a game where I was an accountant going into a dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we have to... Uh, we Just get... horrified the whole... <laughs> ah, Jesus Christ! Uh, um, please show me your spreadsheets! Now, what differentiates DCC from other fantasy, modern fantasy role-playing games is uh, uh, it is what is lovingly referred to as appendix in tabletop role-playing games. And what people mean by that is uh, in the original Advanced Dungeons & Dragons manual, Gary Gygax put a section in the back of it called Appendix N, in which he listed um, all of the stuff that he considered to be an influence on him, all of the books that were an influence on him creating D&D. Uh, and it's, as you'd expect, it's a bunch of Conan the Barbarian and Tolkien and Jack Vance and, and stuff like that. Um, and the idea is that DCCRPG is meant to kind of harken back to... Uh, uh, a different era of tabletop role-playing games. Um, okay. In in modern tabletop role-playing games, you, you kind of start out, and this is compared to early role-playing games, you start out as kind of heroes and you become superheroes. Well, okay. Back in the 70s when the game started, you started out as like regular dudes and became kind of heroes. Like warriors and Yeah, so stuff. it's it's like um it's lower fantasy, I guess you would call it. It's a a, a little bit lower power environment, um, which sounds like it would be really boring, but it's not. I like it a lot. Well, he likes it a lot. Um, yeah, think like a God of War versus Dark Souls, if yeah. you want to have like a video game example. Or Halo versus Call of Metroid. Duty. Metroid. Yeah. <laughs> Metroid's Halo's girlfriend. Yeah, their girlfriend and boyfriend. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, so you, uh, lower, lower fantasy, a little more, um, I guess, gritty. I don't know. You will hear uh, mouse clicks and typing. I'm not going to edit that out, so I do apologize. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that you could, but I, all right. I could try. If we weren't talking at the time, <laughs> I could edit it out when we weren't talking. 
Um, yeah, you'll definitely at least hear mouse clicks from me. We are playing uh, via a piece of software called Fantasy Grounds. Um, a lot of people, Roll20 seems to be the go-to for tabletop games played online. Uh, I do prefer Fantasy Grounds, and that is what we're playing in. And it is a very complicated piece of software, so there will be a lot of clicking and typing on my end, I'm sure. So I'm sorry in advance. So we're going to go into some character creation, I believe. Yes, and Andrew, you know almost nothing about the system. I <laughs> don't know anything. Never played it. Um, in DCC RPG, uh, the you, you don't start at level one. You start at level zero. And you start out as like, is your peasants. You're like, oh, I'm a, a leather worker. I'm a cheese maker. I'm a do, guy do, that do I get digs outhouses. My job? No, no, no. It's all random. Everything is random. Oh. Um, and the first adventure you go on is referred to as the funnel. So we're going to be starting a funnel adventure. And the idea is that you're going to run multiple characters and they're going to die. Lots of them are going to die. And whoever's left over at the end of the adventure becomes your level one character that you will play as henceforth. Okay. Um, the 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 I, I would recommend playing with between three and five characters, as many as you're as many or as few as you're comfortable with in that range. Oh, I can do that. Um, do I need to add five PCs? <laughs> well, we'll do them one at a time. Oh, and okay. as as they die at any point during the adventure, you can go. Oh, I want to make another one. Or if you're running three, you go. Oh, I want to add a fourth one. You can just roll them and add them. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, because the uh, 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 it's not that this adventure doesn't matter or whatever, but you kind of tweak the rules a little bit because it's not about um, it, it's it's not so much about your single guy surviving the adventure as much as it is who happens to survive the adventure. So you okay. can just keep throwing meat into it, and I'll just keep grinding it up. All right. Good. So you've got your uh, character ready here. So in DCCRPG, the first thing you do is you roll your stats. Uh, and you roll you roll them in order one time, and whatever you roll is what you get. There's no re-rolls, no rearranging, none of that. So for each stat, you're going to roll three D6 dice. Can I not hit the little roll next? Oh, wait, no. Okay. So if you will roll those and then say the number, each number as you roll it, I'll populate them into your fields here. Oh. So first up is your strength. So three D6 mm-hmm. plus one? No. Oh. I have a 12. And your agility? I have a four. <laughs> that's, I want you to know ahead of time, that's poor. Yes, I, I'm aware. <laughs> I have a nine. Okay, for your stamina. Uh, next up is your personality. Seven. Ooh, not great. Intelligence. Ten. That's average. And your final stat is luck. 16. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look at that. There you go. Yeah. Um, so next we're going to see what sign this character was born under. Okay. Uh, every character is born under a sign, and it gives them one special ability of some sort. You were born under these. Yo, you were struck by lightning, oh. which means you have uh, a bonus to your reflex saving throws equal to your luck modifier, oh. which happens to be two. So I'm going to come in here to your reflex saving throw. And I'm going to modify it from negative two, which is what it is now, uh, <laughs> to zero. <laughs> to have a permanent plus two from you being struck by lightning. That's so good. So it's now plus zero when you roll it. And then we choose your occupation, um, which is kind of the level zero equivalent of a class that determines what gear you start with. This character is a judge. Interestingly enough. That's why he's so not agile and super lucky. (laughs) 
Oh, never mind. That just was saying I'm a judge. Oh. Uh, you are a grave digger. Okay, that still works. <laughs> I read the wrong line. Uh, and a grave digger has a shovel as your weapon. Oh, boy. Uh, and you also have a trowel, which I think is a small shovel. And that's it. Your character's done. You need to give him a name or her a name or them a name, whatever you want to go with that. Um, we're going to name this one uh, Torb. <laughs> well, why don't you add a title to that? Huh? You don't want to add a title like Torb the Magnificent? Here, I'll tell you what. I can roll you a title. Torb the title? Digger. I got here. You got Torb the... There you go. There's four titles. Torb the Shovelman. All right. <laughs> How about Shovelman is just his last name? Okay. Torb Shovelman. Torb, Torb Shovelman. <laughs> you everyone. It's your character. It's fine. Uh, and then uh, uh, in the top left corner of your character sheet, you'll see a little blank portrait icon. If you'll click on that, there's a, a bag or two there, and you can select a portrait for him. doesn't particularly matter what it is. You just want something to differentiate him from your two or three or four other characters you're going to have. Okay. And uh, you don't have great ones. Uh, your character that you keep, you will we'll give them a, a special portrait that you pick out <laughs> online, and we can make them look cool and stuff. Okay. But these guys, uh, Torb looks sufficiently dumpy. That's good. I like yeah, that. Yeah, Torb is a dumpy, unnatural redhead. <laughs> and that's it. Torb is ready to rock. Uh, he doesn't have a name. Oh, you didn't type it in? I'll type it in. Oh, I couldn't type it in. It wouldn't let me. Torb Shovelman. Should let you. That's weird. Okay, uh, and we're going to keep going until you're done making characters. I mean, realistically, you can run 20 guys. It doesn't matter to me. However many you want to run. All right, I'm going to run. We're going to run four. We're going to start with four. Do four? Okay. Yeah. So that's basically your standard party, four characters. Yeah, so I'm going to uh, uh, roll. Go ahead and start roll rolling. strength for this new one. Yep. That is an 11. And agility. That is an 11. <laughs> and stamina. That is a 14. Pretty good. Uh, personality. That is a 12. Intelligence. That is a 10. Mm-hmm. And your luck. A 14. Those are pretty good stats. Yeah. That's, that's pretty solid. Uh, This person was born under the a, a fortunate date, which means they get a bonus to missile fire attack rolls. Nice. Um, and they are a... Uh, let's see, a halfling dyer. What does that mean? That is a person who dies things. Oh, okay. <laughs> like they, he kills them? Uh, no, 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 no. He just like colors them. <laughs> uh, you'll start with a staff, it appears. You know, because the staff, you push it into the... Right. Um, course. Yeah. Um... Just a second here. My roll 20 is being a little goofy with some of your stuff. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And you'll need to name this halfling dyer while I'm trying to fix what the heck is going on here. Yeah, I'm thinking. There's your staff. Okay. Uh, this this person, if you're ready for it, mm -hmm. it's going to be Artemis Blood Dyer. Artemis Blood Dyer. Holy yeah. cow. Let's try that. Um, What is the deal with this? My halfling dyer stats are acting 
cleared. Well, we'll put you in here as a glove maker and we'll rename you to a dyer. Just because the stats are not populating for dyer. I'll have to do those <laughs> manually after the fact. Uh, it, it was Artemis Blood Dyer. Okay. And uh, you say we're doing two more? Yep, we'll do two more. Ready when you are. Artemis is a lady. <laughs> I should hope so. That's a lady's name, isn't it? <laughs> Usually. <laughs> Usually. Okay. All, All right. right. Uh, strength. Let me get it going. We got 14. Mm -hmm. Agility. 11. And stamina. 10. Personality. Not great. Nine. Not, That's pretty not good. bad. Intelligence. Uh, 13. And luck. 10. All right. This person was born on the battlefield and it gets a bonus to all damage rolls. So we need to be sure to add that in. Because you'll have to add that manually on your attacks. And this person is a. Hold on a minute. Boop. An alchemist. That's weird. <laughs> born Is on the battlefield, weird? alchemist. Well, they weren't born an alchemist. <laughs> nope, they were born an alchemist. Uh, train weapons, staff, and you have an oil flask. Cool. Blunderful. Uh, and this person needs a name. His name is Steve. That's the second Steve I've run in three days. Oh, well, I'll just I'll do a different one then. No, it's fine. It's already Steve. Steve-et. Steve-et. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> and uh, you go. you're going to do one more? Yep, we'll do one more. Now I just want to roll characters all night. <laughs> it's fun, right? Like, at first, you're like, oh, I don't get to pick. That's lame. But then as you're rolling them, like, even from the beginning, you have this kind of weird connection to them. Uh, strength is an eight. Okay. No. Next one. Agility. <laughs> Nine. Nine. Stamina. Seven. Okay. Personality. Thirteen. Intelligence. Eleven. And luck. Damn. Eighteen. Ooh, eighteen. That is... Lucky indeed. This person was a pack hunter. Attack and damage rolls for zero level starting weapon are going to get a plus three, which is pretty dang good. Uh, so I'm going to mark that in here because your luck stat will go up and down and your lucky sign only starts, only is there from the beginning. Okay. Uh, and this person needs an occupation as well. Um, uh, mercenary, how appropriate. Mercenary, and they have a longsword. Ooh, that's very good. And hide armor. Ooh, what a start. If only the strength was a little bit better. It's fine. Thing. It's fine. They're going to get plus three to attack and damage rolls with a longsword. That's a hell of a, a good thing to have rolled. Uh, so I'm going to come in here to your longsword and go ahead and add your plus three to attack and damage just so I don't forget. Okay, I'm trying to think of what I want to name them. Yeah, oddly enough, out of everyone, this is the most generic fantasy role-playing <laughs> game character, right? <laughs> I think so. I'm a mercenary. 
I'm my name is Mark the Mercenary. <laughs> Let's see. I might have a names table. No, I don't. I was hoping I did. And I'm going to verify your other characters. Here we go. And Torb here. Plus two. Okay, I think I've got your guys all set up here. And we should be just about ready to start. Let me know when you are ready for me to pop the map open for you. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a name for... Uh... <laughs> yeah, you already wasted a Steve variant. I know. Um, tough times. Tough times. You could uh, you, you just put in a filler name for now. No, I've, I've got one. Give me a second. Wait... Do you really have one? Because the fact that you had to say, give me a second, implies. Hold on. I'm going to do a random name generator. Here we go. Oh, hold you on. ready? No. Adam Allison. No. Well, that's kind of a dumb name. Hold on. What about Marcel Tobias? What? Marcel Tobias? Yeah. What? What are you digging for? What did you write a name down for a mercenary 10 years ago and you have to find it in your notes? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I got it. You ready? It's Olaf. Oh, yeah. Uh, the snowman. I know that one. No. Olaf Bloodbringer. With a name like that, Olaf is going to die in the first room. I just want you to be aware that that's <laughs> the destiny you've now set for Olaf. That's fine. Okay, so um, most of these, the game mostly works the way you would expect if you are familiar with Dungeons and Dragons. It has ascending armor class, meaning higher armor is harder to hit. Uh, to to do an attack, you roll your damage roll, and you have to meet or beat their armor class, and then you roll an attack, or uh, or you make an attack roll, and you meet or beat the armor class, and then you make a damage roll to see how much damage you do. Um, your skill checks are the same way, so to roll a strength check. You would roll and add your strength modifier to see if you beat the difficulty of the check. So all very familiar. <clears throat> yeah. But there is one weird thing with the luck stat. So the way luck works is you can expend luck at any time to increase any roll by the, by the number of the amount of luck you spend. So you can say, I'm going to spend three of my luck to increase this dice roll that I've just rolled by three. And you can do that anytime, any die roll at all. So you do damage, you do attack, reflex save, whatever it is, you roll it and you go, oh shit, that's only a nine. I'm going to spend four luck to make it a 13. So wait, how, how does that work? You can expend luck at any time to increase die results. Okay. But you, but you use it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you decrease your luck score by that amount. Permanently? Well, luck goes up when you do things and this is kind of so you know in dungeons and dragons fifth edition uh you get inspiration points for good role playing or maybe you finished a quest or maybe you uh uh helped out a friend uh, uh or did something within your character's alignment or your dm you just likes to give it to you once a game <laughs> right now some characters once they reach level one thieves and halflings specifically naturally recover luck because they're lucky characters 
Okay. Um, other people do not, and they have to use their luck more judiciously. But all that said, keep in mind that if you're in a situation where it's the difference between your character dying or living, it's worth to spend. It's worth to spend some luck points. You know, if your guy's like, I'm going to die because I got one HP and this guy's hitting me and I just tried to hit him to kill him and I didn't hit. Well, maybe now it's time to spend some luck because you're going to die anyway. So having zero luck only affects you because you can't use luck any longer. Correct. Well, other things, um, I'll make you make luck skill checks occasionally. Okay. And luck skill checks work differently than your other skill checks. So for luck, because you're constantly lowering the number... When you roll a luck check, what you do is you look at your luck score, which is, let's say it's at 12, and then you just roll a d20. And then you have to roll 12 or less. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's backwards. And if something is going to give you a modifier of plus one on your luck roll, it actually gives you a minus one because luck is backwards. It's the inverse of all your other checks. And that right there is the single most confusing thing of this whole system. So you want low luck? No, you want high luck. Because think about it. If you're trying to roll you're beneath your luck score, you want the number to be bigger. Because then the chances of you rolling beneath it are higher. Oh, okay. Make sense? Yeah, you're trying to roll under your luck score under. instead of over. Okay, got it. Now, when you're rolling under it, 1 is still a fail and 20 is still a natural success. But everything else, it's the inverse. Okay. Um, now that luck is out of the way, the only other big difference is that there are critical um, fumble and critical hit tables. Anytime you roll a natural 1 or a natural 20 on an attack or the monsters, uh, something extraordinary happens. This actually excites me the most. <laughs> yeah. And actually, we, we ran this dungeon the other night with a couple of people, and nobody rolled a natural 1 or natural 20 the whole dungeon. Well, get I ready. Was, I, was <laughs> I was so upset. I'm actually uh, surprised from one of the people. Yeah, um, someone did roll natural one, but it was on like a reflex save or something oh, okay. silly. So their something legs that just he, flew into space. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but the, like you're, the critical hit and fumble table you roll on is determined by your class and your level. So like it, it, it's real interesting. Um, the only other weird thing about DCC is there are dice chains. What that means is sometimes if you are at a disadvantage, instead of giving you like a minus two on your roll... I'll make you roll a lower die. So if you're rolling a d20 and I go, oh, well, yeah, but, uh, you know, such and such has happened or you're weakened or whatever, I might say, hey, you're going to make that attack with a d16 instead. Weird. Okay. So we'll figure out how to roll that. Well, it's you just type slash die and then 1d16 oh, okay. plus what it's in. Uh, and uh, you've also got uh, in Fantasy Grounds, you've got the little modifier button in D&D where it's normally the plus two and minus two buttons. It's plus one and minus one die. Okay. So if you do like a minus one die, click that, and then roll a d20, it'll naturally lower it to a, a lower die. A d19. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, it'll lower it to a d16. Oh. Uh, the dice go... You, you ready for this? These are the dice. It's a uh, uh, 3, 5, 7, 12, 14, 16, 24, or 20, 24, and 30 Jeez. are the dice in DCC RPG. Anyway, all of that... Out of the way, we've got characters, we're ready to go. I know that you got to go in a little bit, and we've just like made characters this whole time. So let me get started on the dungeon proper. <clears throat> um, where is 
by your introduction. For long years you labored in the fields like all the peasants, sweating hot and dirty in the summer, only to shiver under threadbare hides when winter came. This year's harvest ended like all the rest, and Autumn's work was hard on old man Roberts, who is a guy you know apparently. When you visited his bedside at the end, he spoke in labored breaths of constellations that hadn't been seen since he was a young lad. The last time the empty star had risen in the sky, it was more than fifty winters past, he said. Under the light of that strange star, a portal opened by the old stone mounds. He'd seen jewels in there and fine steel spears and enameled armor, but he'd run when the Iron Men had attacked. Now old and dying... Iron Men? He, yeah, when Iron Man attacked, <laughs> he ran away. He wishes he'd taken the chance on a life of adventure. The empty star is once more rising, and a young man with courage could be more than just another peasant, if only he'd take the chance that old man Roberts Or hadn't. young woman... Or, young woman, you are taking that chance. You stand before the monolithic rocks of the old stone mounds under the dark light of a starry sky. The empty star is clear and bright above you. Three of the large stone blocks lean haphazardly together to form an upright rectangular portal about the size of a man. So it's kind of like a single stone hinge looking thing, right? Uh, they seem to be placed directly beneath the star's path. As the empty star ascends to its brightest point, its light catches in the portal, and a shimmering stone-lined corridor is visible through the stones, but only from one side of the opening. Grasping your pitchfork with white knuckles, you step into the starlit portal, which was not there before today, thoughts of jewels and scorching wheat fields foremost in your mind. And that brings us to area one. So we which, get uh, let pitchforks me give you now? Map here. There's your map. Right there. <clears throat> and you're down in the little bit here. Let me actually just sync you with my views so you're looking at. Yeah, it's loading for me. <laughs> what I'm looking at. Yeah, sorry. Fantasy Grounds might be a little slow on this laptop because it's not Ethernet. It's Wi-Fi. So. That's fine. That's nice. It'll work out in the end. <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and start with the Area 1 description. Even though the hallway is visible from only one side of the portal... You tread on flagstones. The starlight fades as it reaches into this hallway, which dead ends ahead at a stout iron-banded door. Jewels or crystals in an odd assortment of star shapes are inscribed on the door. And that's it. You're there. There's the door. You did I, it. I don't see anything on the map yet. <laughs> really? Yeah. It still hasn't loaded? It's all gray. Oh, well, here. that fix it? I moved it around. Oh. But are you seeing it now? No. Well. <laughs> Let me close it and reopen it and see if it loads. <laughs> Which map am I on? Zero level? Uh, it is called Player Map Portal Under the Stars. Yeah, so you should see it. I mean, everything else has been working normal, right? Oh, there we go. Okay, excellent. And let me sync your view here so you know where we're looking at. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Cool. So you see the map? Yep. You want me to read the description again? No, I got it. Okay. You want me to start the whole thing over? Yeah, start it I'll all. just delete your characters. Okay. We'll just start <laughs> um, I'm going to have uh, Torb Shovelman go first. Okay. Excellent. He fears nothing for he works with the dead. Wouldn't that 
Okay. What? What do you mean? No, it's fine. Go ahead, Wait. Torb. He goes. Okay. He's what? Where is he going? Through the door. It is doesn't open. Oh. <laughs> he takes his shovel and he bashes it. Um. Have him make a strength check. Okay. Two. (laughs) (laughs) Torb Shovelman slams his shovel into the crystals on the door as hard as he can, and it wangs off and hits him in the face. Wang. (laughs) Um, Artemis Bloodire is going to take a look at the door and just see what, what she can see. Okay. Uh, make a luck check with her. 13, 14. Mm, it's definitely a solid door, and it does seem to be latched somehow. Um, but other than a thin sliver of starlight uh, at the top of the door, kind of creeping in from the, uh, the the portal entrance, there's nothing is the are the jewels and crystals are they movable? Uh they don't seem to be no. Okay. And she doesn't see a latch anywhere. No. Uh whatever seems to be holding the door seems to be an internal mechanism either on the other side or inside of the door. Can she look for can she push the stones in? No, they do not push. Let's see. And the light shines on the door, right? Uh, Well, uh, no. Right now there's no light shining on the door. There's a little sliver of light. um, As the evening's progressing, the stars are kind of starting to shed some light, but it's way up at the top still. It seems to be coming down slowly, you know, as the night progresses, but it's not fully on the door yet. Is there just a handle? Just turn the handle? Yeah, why don't you say so? Just turn the handle. Okay. (laughs) This, <laughs> no, there's no handle. Oh, no. <laughs> um, they're going to start looking for levers in the hallway. Okay. Or, uh, give me a luck check off of the character who is searching. <laughs> <laughs> First natural one of the night. Uh, your third roll, too. Uh, Olaf Bloodbringer goes, ah, I found one. And he uh, uh, rips a large stone off the wall. And uh, it falls off and smacks him in the face. It's it's just a flagstone. He just yanked it out of the wall. <laughs> Good. That's how we should start. Um, I'm going to have Torval do the same thing. He's going to look for a lever. Okay. 13. Uh, Torb Shovelman finds no lever. Well, they're going to go home and live out their lives then. Excellent. Roll <laughs> roll for happy life. Um yeah, I don't know. Can you um, is there any more description to the door besides what's in the chat? I mean, if you're asking me if there are properties about the door that you don't know, then the answer is yes. I want to inspect the door <laughs> for properties. Um who's inspecting it? Olaf Bloodbringer. All right, Olaf. You messed up on the lever situation. <laughs> yeah. It's going to get a second chance. <laughs> he wants to woo the door. Uh, that'd be a personality check. Uh, I thought it was a one again. <laughs> An eight. The door is impervious to Olaf's advances. Oh, no. 
Uh, at this point, the starlight's probably a third of the way down the door. Is are any of them touching the crystals yet? The starlight, I mean. Um, the 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 crystals are starting to like light up and shine as the starlight is is slowly descending down the door. Yes. We're gonna wait until all of the crystals are in the starlight. Okay. Uh, it takes about let's see. You probably were there for thirty minutes messing around with the door. Uh, it takes about an hour and a half. And then eventually all of the crystals are, are lit up and you hear a, a, a grinding and a click inside the door as it slowly uh, swings open. I thought that's what it was, but I was impatient. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually my favorite trap in this whole dungeon just because it's so dumb. It's like just waiting. We, we just stand there and wait. <laughs> and that's that's legitimately the right answer. We go inside. All right, let me reveal... For listeners at home, this part will be boring because I have to reveal the map as Andrew goes through it because we do indeed play with a map. Despite my... Did you draw this map? Uh, no, I did not. Someone drew it, though, and I'm a person and they're a person, so by the transitive property, I drew this map. Oh, okay. <laughs> Across from this room is another stout door. Four iron statues flank the door, two to a side. Each statue depicts a different fighting man in a round helmet and thick scaled armor holding a long spear in a throwing position. All the spear tips are aimed at the door through which you just entered. <laughs> also, who opened the door? Oh, um, we're going to say uh, Olaf. <laughs> I like how in your head you're like, who do I hate the most? Uh, Olaf. <laughs> he, him. That dumbass. He's actually the one I want to go through, but uh, he's also just an idiot. So <laughs> even though he has an okay intelligence, <laughs> he's the first to the door because he is the the one that wants the gold the most. Ah, greedy. All right. So yeah. Olaf uh, enters the room. He's in the room now. I have four characters, and you said there's four spears, so my immediate reaction was, we all jam our heads into the spears <laughs> kill ourselves. Um, okay, he's going to go inspect the door. Uh, okay, he walks uh, halfway into the room, and then suddenly all four statues uh, uh, mechanically and is as if spring-loaded, their arms uh, shoot downward, releasing their spears toward Olaf. Blood, Olaf, blood bringer. bringer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> blood bringer. Uh, so we're going to make some attacks here. Do I get any saves? No, it's just a regular attack. So just getting an attack. Uh, what is my bonus on this? I don't actually know. There we go. Attack. Let's see. He's going to get four spears on him. One, two, three, four. And two nineteens uh, in a row. <laughs> that's that's two hits. So Olaf is going to take two D eight damage. Isn't his HP one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he's dead. Uh, as the spears are released, every one of them uh, uh, stabs a different direction inside of Olaf. And for a moment, he stands there not realizing what happened. Looking around, he reaches down to draw his sword and then suddenly falls over dead in a pile of his own gore. That's good. Olaf Bloodbringer is now murdered. <laughs>
All right. I, you know what's funny is I told you he would die first. I too. know. I'm, I kind of <laughs> made him die first. I knew it was going to happen. Uh, if you wish, uh, you may loot his body. Uh, they uh, will loot his body. He has hide armor and a long sword. Torb Shovelman will equip the long sword. Uh-huh. Um, I'll, let, I'll let you. You should be able to move him around between your characters. You should uh, just be able to drag from his inventory to a different character's inventory. Let me see. And uh, there is not a way to bring back a level zero character from the dead. Just FYI. Uh, anything level one and later it is. But level zero, you're just dead. Oh, no. I. Oops. How do I... Can you remove the hide? Actually... I'll just what? That's fine. Um can it? can Artemis equip hide armor as a halfling? Um it's gonna be it's Olaf, so it's man sized hide armor. Alright, so I'll just equip it to I'll give her the long sword. Okay. Which would be like a great sword to her, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Uh you need me to do it? No, I I did it. I just need to I guess if you want to kill Get rid of Bloodbringer. Okay. You got all his stuff out? I got his armor and his sword. Did he have anything else? Nope. nope. As long as it's populated on your sheet, because it wasn't shown on my sheet. I see a long sword on Artemis and a shovel, I mean, a, a hide <laughs> armor on, what's his name? All right. Olaf Bloodbringer is now dead. Would you like to roll another character? Sure. Let's do it. He just shows all up right. behind him. He's like, hey, guys, I'm here from the village. I just heard, oh, my God. <laughs> The other night, someone running uh, made a guy named Richard Cordswain. It was Ryan. And he, uh, uh, Richard Cordswain died instantly in this room, I believe. <laughs> and then he made Richard Cordswain Jr., who died in the next room. And then he made Richard Cordswain III, who died many rooms later. And at this point, all of the Cordswains died in this dungeon. So that was who he wanted to survive. And it just, yeah, he was like, this happen. is, the, he tried to pick it, you know, and you, you just can't do that. All right. Uh, we'll fire through this real quick. Strength. Oh, sorry. Uh, Fourteen. 14 agility 11 stamina oh god sorry my d4 was hidden behind my d8 11 personality 13 intelligence Eight. Eight and luck. Ten. Ten. Excellent. Let me give this person a uh, lucky sign real quick. Bloop. Uh, let's see. Uh, the broken star is going to be a plus zero to fumbles, so it doesn't actually do anything for you. But that's okay. Oh. And occupation. Let's see what you got here. Uh, you are dealing with a shaman. Interesting. He gets a mace. A shaman. Got a mace. And a pound of herbs, which can be any herb you so choose. <laughs> oh, you know. This a is, uh, pound this is of my shaman. Chong. He has... Uh, Oregano. Pound of herb. <laughs> Pound of oregano. <laughs> What's a good herb? It's a good herb to have. Well, it just says herbs. I mean, you don't have to name oh, them right okay. now, but yeah. Um, this is gonna be uh, c- coral. 
Coral? Yeah. That's our second coral. What? See we ya. had a coral the other God night. God damn it. <laughs> um, coral. All right, we're just gonna we're gonna say Sam. We'll do Sam. Okay. There we go. Sam's also a lady. We've got three ladies and a dude. Wait, the her name is same. Sam. Sam. I was yeah. just saying same. Same. Her name is same as everyone else's. Uh, all right. Uh, Sam comes running into the dungeon, going, "I want to be an adventurer too." And that's and there you go. You're you're done. You got you got four people again. Okay. She's gonna walk up to the other door. <laughs> Sam does. Yeah, Sam. She immediately. Okay. Uh, she walks in past the statues and up to the next door and tries to open it. Uh, it opens with ease. A reveal here. Yep. These doors are kind of drawn to be like 3D looking, so I kind of have to reveal around them, which is a little wonky. Uh, across from this room is another stout door. Four iron statues flank the door, two to a side. Each No, that's, that's nope, the that's room the we just room. read. <laughs> <laughs> I forget they got the wrong pin in this room. I did that the other night. I just got to pull it up from the story panel here. <clears throat> This spacious chamber has marbled floors and a door on each wall. At the far end is a towering granite statue of a barbarian, one hand outstretched, index finger pointed toward you. The muscular savage wears animal hides, but his eyes are intelligent, and his engraved neckline sports amulets and charms. A grimoire hangs beside a broadsword on the hip of a 30-foot-tall monument. Jesus, 30-foot-tall? Um, are the, uh, go ahead. Are the jewels or the charms and the amulets, are they actual amulets or are they stone carvings? It's all carved out of okay. stone. Hmm. Uh, Sam's going to move up. Okay. Into the uh, right. She, uh, up into the right. As she walks into the room, uh, the statue begins kind of tracking her a little bit. Like it's, it's the whole thing on its dais and everything, uh, uh, is like, grinding on the ground and rotating pointing its finger at her she's gonna be like oh cool and she's gonna walk up and look at it <laughs> uh it's a big statue uh it tracks her as it moves up and uh uh you know uh keeps the finger pointed at this point over her head yes yeah. i was hoping it would like hand. break in half like try to point <laughs> yeah, at just it. topple over <laughs> shit <laughs> um so there's two doors to the right yeah right and left right and left we got a door in each wall uh, she's going to go to the right door. Okay. And by that, I mean the correct one. So put her wherever that is. Uh, excellent. So she goes to the door on the eastern wall. Yes. She is at the door. Can she open it? She sure can. As she opens it, uh, she hears a sputtering behind her. And suddenly the fingertip of the statue l- l- releases a, a jet of, of flame that comes shooting toward her. You chose poorly. <laughs> it's going to be a scorching burst with a plus six. Uh, that's a 24 to hit. Yeah, that probably kills be, her. Uh, she D6 has two health. Damage. Wow. She's got two health, so she might live if I roll a one. What? Roll, roll a one? A one. <laughs> <Wow>. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fortunately, she's far enough away that the flame kind of sputters out a little bit and it just, uh, uh, singes her 
and her clothes and her hair and everything. Why does she have one wound? Is that from the singing? That's from the fire. I okay. just added it. Yeah. Uh, not a tremendous amount of damage, but still not fun for her. So that's half her health. It's like if we got, you know, if I got cut in half. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what... That's not or a good way to somebody, quantify that. Somebody <laughs> kicked me in the back, Arnold Schwarzenegger style, and I just exploded. Let's see, I lost 25% of my health. That's basically an arm. <laughs> Take an arm off. We're good. <laughs> okay. So door uh, oh, opens. and let me reveal the next room. I'm sorry. I'd totally forgotten that you revealed a room. Hmm. This musty room is clearly a burial chamber. Seven shrouded alcoves hold piles of loose bones. Rusty arms and armor adorn the walls beside each alcove, and funeral masks are mounted beneath the loose skulls. And uh, currently everyone is still back in the, the yeah. room with the four statues. Tor is the only Torb one. is going to follow her in there. Okay, so you've got Torb and Sam going in there. Um, does Torb get scorched by the fire? Uh, no, it does track him, and uh, there's a clicking noise as if it's trying to uh, do the same thing, but it, it doesn't It doesn't go All off. All out of juice. Uh, Artemis and Stevet will also follow. Okay. Uh, the four enter the room. Uh, Torb is going to inspect the arms to see if they're actually still usable. Excellent. One second. Uh, as Torb begins entering the, the center of the room... Uh, the bones in the uh, the chambers along the wall begin rattling and assembling themselves into haphazard skeletons, as I'm sure you expected them to do. Yeah. Uh, but each one of them, as it reaches about halfway, kind of gets wobbly and sort of falls over like a Jenga tower, and bones scatter everywhere, and then they slowly start kind of creeping towards themselves again. And they try it another time, and it just doesn't work. They keep falling over. Uh, and then finally... In uh, uh, what can only be described as a frustrated motion, uh, the piles of bones just begin skittering towards you as piles of bones on the floor. Um, and uh, we'll go ahead and start our first initiative on the combat tracker real quick. One second. <clears throat> now get all your guys on here. Oh, let me pull that up. Roll all of our initiatives. This is why I do love Fantasy Grounds. So I'm going to place your people in the room. You said that Torb was the one that had moved up to start inspecting the arms, right? Correct, yeah. So I'll put him the furthest up here. I'll put Sam behind him since she was the one of the other first people in the room. And then we'll do Artemis and Stevet back here by the door. <clears throat> um... I do roll in group initiative, so all the monsters are going to act at the same time. Okay. And the grids on this dang map don't really line up super well, but that's okay. Uh, first up will be Stevette. And let me uh, turn the characters on so you can see them here. Jesus Christ. Yep, seven, uh, seven piles of rattly bones. Uh, Steve at, what does she have? An oil flask and a staff. <laughs> She's going to attack the, uh, creature three. Is okay. it the same way where I, do I select them or? 
Uh, yeah, well, you can drag your uh, attack dice directly from your action tab onto the miniature, just like in D in in D and D. Okay. So Steve at attacks for a ten. That is a hit. Go ahead and roll damage on skeleton number three. Pardon me, bone pile number three. Three damage. And she brings her. What is she attacking with? A staff. A staff. She brings her staff down on its skull, smashing it into bits. And it is out of here. It is dead again. <clears throat> yeah, I was playing a game earlier today and I was fighting skeletons and it kept like, it was a D&D game and it kept listing them as like dead and I was like, is it dead? Uh, <laughs> and it kept confusing me, you know, because I thought I was trying to say they're undead. Dead. I guess they'd be re-dead at yeah. that point. Is what <laughs> so. uh, oh, and we skipped uh, Artemis here. It's Artemis', Artemis turn will, now. will step down and mm -hmm. she will... Oh, it didn't add the sword to her weapons. Oh, I didn't think it did. I didn't it see added, it. I can go ahead and add one, though. That's okay. okay. It added to the inventory, but not the weapons, not the actions. Oh, well, then uh, th there's a little brown button on the far right side that looks like a little vest. Uh, just click it until it looks like a shirt. That means she's got it equipped. Oh, okay, cool. And then it should show up in her actions it does not. tab. Well, fudge. <laughs> uh, Maybe if I close her and reopen her? Let me see. That's okay. I I'll just add a new longsword. A long sword's a long sword. Is it? Uh, that was his family long sword. Well, it is the what was his name? I've already forgotten. Olaf Bloodbringer. It is uh Olaf's long sword. Here, I'll even I'll name it for you. Oh, thanks. Just in case she survives. Olaf's heirloom long sword. Because to be fair, that's probably the first sword that any of these people have seen. Uh, all right, it is now uh, appropriately set for her. Alright, so she's going to attack <laughs> creature one. Uh, that is unfortunately a miss. She whiffs right over its head. Sad. Now it is the creature's turn. Uh, first up, we've got gosh dang it, my map keeps jumping around on me. We got uh, the one that uh, uh, Artemis just attacked is going to uh, kind of assemble itself together and then as it's falling back down, kind of fling its head portion toward her for a bite. Ooh. Uh, that is a seven to hit, which I think misses Artemis. Yes, her AC is a ten. Next one down here. I don't going to be think... Did the Torb's armor that he added? I don't know if it. Ooh, that's a good point. Let me check it. Torb's armor. I see his hide. Let me look at his AC. His AC is currently listed as an eight. That seems low. He should get three from his hide. Let me re-add his hide. Yeah, this DCC module in Fantasy Grounds is. It's certainly not as polished as uh, the Dungeons and Dragons module. Yeah. So you, you get weird stuff like that sometimes, which is fine. Um, okay, so his AC is now 11, as it appropriately should be, and we will name it uh, Olaf's Bloody Hide. Because <laughs> he just tore off his skin and put it on his Really, body. Really, it should be less effective. It's got four spear holes in it. <laughs> well, no, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, uh, this creature will clatter up to Torb. And it only had two spear holes, okay. And uh, swing and miss in the same fashion. Uh, this other one up here is going to do the same. 
Except they can't move very far, can they? I think they've only got... What is their move? Yes, so he's going to scooch up and attack at the diagonal. For they Tor. don't need to move too far. Uh, also a miss. No, they do not. But they are very, very slow. Uh, another one trying to bite at Torb. The, Torb the Invincible here. Ah, there's a hit. It's going to be a D4 minus one damage on Torb here. That's zero damage. It <laughs> bites, but doesn't break the skin. <clears throat> and then the final skeleton is going to scoosh up one square and also come at Torb the Invulnerable. With a 13, D4 minus one damage for two damage to Torb, putting oh, him no. at heavy status, which means I think believe he has... He oh, he's four. got maximum HP. Torb is pretty kick-ass, all right? Uh, Artemis has five <laughs> HP. Oh, geez. Oh, it's halfling. Uh, and then we got one more down here. This final one, he's going to scoosh up, and he's going to get Sam, because I think Torb's had enough, and Sam's looking mighty tasty, but unfortunately, he clatters back to the ground before he can get an attack off. It is now Torb's turn, surrounded by piles of animated skeletons in a horrifying dungeon. This is a far cry from his peasant life. Yep, Torb is uh, going to shout, I'm not scared of you in the graves, and I am not scared of you now, skeletons. And he uh, shovels the one in front of him. <laughs> Number two. Uh, that is a hit. Go ahead and roll damage. Four damage. Ah, Torb brings his shovel down and in one deft swing smashes the bones into dust. Next up is Sam behind Torb. Sam is going to attack creature seven with her mace. Mm -hmm. For a seven and a miss. Uh, fortunately, it clatters out of her way. I wish that there was a way to randomly name all of the creatures. So instead of creature seven, it's like, I'm going to attack Philip. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And then the next one's uh, Jay. Oh, and Sam does still have movement left if she would like. Oh, she's fine. Okay. Uh, next up is Stevette. She's okay using Torb as a body shield. <laughs> uh, Stevette is going to move up, mm -hmm. and she will staff number six for Excellent. net 20. That is a natural 20. The first one I've gotten to do in DCC. Woo! So uh, that's obviously an automatic hit. And then Stevette should also have a crit button above her staff attacks. A little tiny crit button. Go she ahead and does. roll that for me. Two. And then she is on table one. Crit table one. <clears throat> roll your damage. Okay. And let's see. She strikes down to the foe's head, inflicting a D4 damage with this strike. And it suffers a minus 10 speed penalty until healed, but it kills the shit out of it anyway. So she smashes straight through it and it turns into a fine white powder. That's good. That's what we could hope for. And next you have Artemis Blood Dyer. Artemis will attack creature one again. I just realized I didn't put two Ds. It's Artemis Blue Dyer. <laughs> yep. I, saw, <laughs> I noticed that, but I was like, Blood Dyer. Blood Dyer. Blood Dyer. Here, there you go. Thanks. Uh, that's a hit. Go ahead and roll damage on uh, creature number one, looks like. No. Max damage. <laughs> <laughs> also destroyed. Uh, and then which other one died? This one down here. <clears throat> it's clearing off the field. 
Uh, next up is the three remaining piles of bones that make horrible hissing noises and come in for more attacks. Is it the... <laughs> it's like a clattery. It's like... Okay. You know, like, uh, like yeah, that hurt my teeth. Like skeletons do. <laughs> you did that with your teeth? Yeah, that was my teeth. <laughs> uh, this first one's going to try to bite at Torb. Ah, unfortunately, he does not have his revenge for his fallen comrades. Next one will attempt the same. Aha! 1d4 minus 1 at Torb as it lands a bite attack. Oh, thank Are God. Are you kidding? <laughs> Zero. Uh, fortunately, again, does not break Torb's leather-like skin. And then the final one here, I believe, was attacking Sam and will continue to do so at the diagonal for a three. That is a miss. Torb! Torb idiot. the Magnificent! It's now up. <laughs> Torb will take his shovel again and attack number five. Mm-hmm. Jesus. That is a clean hit. Absolutely. And damage one. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Uh, he does smash some of the bones, but the core of the pile does seem to remain intact. That's and then we have Sam. Sam will try creature seven again. Mm-hmm. For a nat one. Second Ooh, one. That's a natural one. Now you also have a fumble button if you would roll that for me. Okay. She's attacking with a mace. Uh, ah, unfortunately, as Sam misses and she slams her mace into the ground, her uh, the end of her mace snaps off. That's good. And it is now useless. So she just has to punch things. Uh, is she, you, she can repair it, but it's it would take some time. <clears throat> okay. Next up, we have Stevette. Stevette is going to run up mm-hmm. and mace number four for a miss. Mm, unfortunately, it's a whiff. Artemis Blue Dyer. I cha- I fixed it. Actually, it's Blood Dyer now. Artemis will long sore number seven again. Mm-hmm. And absolutely a hit. Two damage. Or enough damage to cut the skull in twain. Artemis skull cleaver. <laughs> there are two remaining creatures. Um, this one is going to switch targets to Stevette now that she is unarmed. Nope. That's the one that she's she's the one that's unarmed, right? No. Uh Sam is the one unarmed. Sam is unarmed, pardon me. Either way, switching to Stevette. That's a two, and it's not even able to get its head off of the ground. As finally, creature number three here comes at Torb with a mighty two, which does nothing. <laughs> it's now Torb, the luckiest level zero character in the world's turn. Uh Torb is going to hand his trowel to Sam. Okay, I'll go ahead and make that change in the inventory just because it was being weird for you. Yep. Actually, let me see if I can move it over to Sam. No, I can't. try it? No, I tried. I can't do it. Okay. Uh, Turn that off. Let me ask you this. How were you dragging it? I dragged it from Sam's character By the shield icon? No. You have to drag by the shield icon. Okay, there it goes. Um, In uh, the shield, you remember in D&D how you have the little red dragon icon everywhere? Yeah, the shield. The shield is that in this. Yeah, I was trying from the the text. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So that that's would his, be why I didn't bring the stats. That's over. his turn, right? 
Um, no, he he can still uh, go ahead and take an attack. I'll say that's a, that's a pretty minor action to just stick his shovel back there. Okay, he's going to attack four. Okay, that's a 14, absolutely a hit. A two. Ah, and he smashes it. What is he attacking with now? He's still attacking with the shovel. I thought he gave her the shovel. No, oh, he, he gave, gave her the, her the little shovel. Yeah. The trowel. <laughs> uh, it's now Sam's turn. Okay, Sam's going to come up. Mm -hmm. And with the trowel, she's going to attack number five. Basically the dagger of shovels. That yep. is a hit. Still works, man. And absolutely five she smashes damage. it to dust. Um, it lets out one final hissing death rattle as it disintegrates on the ground and the bones stop moving. Cool. All right. Um, so Torb Shovelman is going to inspect the weapons or the arms and see if they're still usable. Excellent. Um, most of it's worthless, uh, rusted, old, uh, but you do find a few items, a hand axe, a battle axe, and a set of chain mail that seem like they're usable. They're still old and brittle and rusted, uh, so they're not as useful as maybe a fresh axe or uh, chainmail armor would be, uh, but they're definitely usable. Okay. Uh, Stevet is going to equip the chainmail. Actually, let me do this. So you know your little tiny buttons in the top right corner of your screen? Yes. There is one that looks like three little heads with an eye on it. Mm -hmm. That is your party sheet. If you would open that for me, there's a tab on the right that says inventory. Yep, that's what's selected. Yep, and I'm going to drag this whole parcel of items into there, and you can drag those items from there to whichever character you want. So drag the shield. Well, it's chainmail. I mean the shield icon. Yeah, yeah, the shield icon. Yeah, <laughs> pardon me. So we give Sam you may, a hand axe. You may also, under the order tab, uh, put your party's uh, marching order and formation if you'd like to have that just as a reference. In the event that you're walking down a hallway and something happens, and I'm like, oh, well, whoever is in the front, oh. How do I, oh, okay. Yep, just drag the portraits over. Uh, that's how we were doing it the other night, because between our two players, we had like eight or nine characters, and it just made things easier. You can also set watch order, XP, all kinds of things from this fun party sheet that we never use in our Dungeons & Dragons <laughs> game, and I don't know why it's so useful. All right, so that's all done. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So th those were the items they found in this room. Okay. So Sam is going to walk to the door to the west mm -hmm. and open it. Uh, again, it opens with ease. Okay. She's but it makes a super duper creepy creaking noise. It's like meow. Meow. All right. She's gonna walk inside. Or you okay. gonna, do you need flavor text? Oh, yeah. Let me. Oh, well, there's no flavor text for this hallway. Okay. This is a beautifully hewn uh, flagstone hallway with 12 foot ceilings. It is dimly lit and dry. There you go. There's your hewn. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, looks like there's a door. Uh huh. She's going to open the door. Cool beans. Uh, secret not a lot of the doors in this dungeon are locked or trapped because you don't have rogues yet. Yeah. <laughs> hope, I would hope not. Be a little unfair. Hmm. A wide stone throne faces you from the center of this square room. The walls are hung with primitive clay tablets, head high and inscribed with strange symbols. Each tablet is a few feet wide and there are a dozen hanging on the four walls. However, your attention is riveted to the enormous snake that has crawled out from behind the throne. 
It is ringed in crimson bands the color of hellfire and has a demonic horn in the center of its fanged head. The demon snake rises up and speaks. I am Sisurog, and you intrude on my guardianship. No, we don't. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> and uh, hold on. I got a picture of what Sisrog is going to look like when he's murdering you that I can share with you. There you go. Justin, this is just a picture of a penis. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty kick-ass picture. Uh, and we are, again, going to roll for initiative. Alrighty. Let me get Sisirog on the map. Kabloop. There we go. He's on there. And let me I do not roll. see him, but that's fine. The, yeah, well, I haven't, uh, I haven't revealed him yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I guess I'll leave him named Sisirog. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, they put a lot of S's in it. They really wanted you to. It's Sisirog. 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 First up is Sam with her. What does she have? A tiny shovel? <laughs> no, she has a rusted hand axe now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, she's going to run up to Sisirog. Mm-hmm. And she is going to hand axe him. One second. It didn't add in the minus one bonus to that hand axe because it is rusted. Oh. I'm going to add that in for her attack real quick. What other items were there? A... It, it might have done the minus one, but she is a plus one to most of her stuff. Does she? Because no. of her strength. So it negated itself. Right. So it should be a zero. It is a zero. Yeah. Well, I just set it to that. Okay. Well, it was a zero before you said it. A miss. Okay. That is indeed a miss. Okay. Stevet. It is now Stevet's turn. Uh, I guess she can't quite make it in there to hit him. Okay. No. Uh, and then, oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. Ralph, holy crap. Sorry, my dog just burst up into the room. Why are you attacking me? <laughs> no, Jesus. He heard all go, the go, go, He heard go all on, the hissing. He thought, he's like, I thought you were gonna attack by a snake. I thought it was a snake up here. Y'all hold on one second. Go on. No, go on. What are you doing? Hey, let me take a break for a second. I gotta put the chickens up. Okay. I went out there and they weren't in the coop. They were all asleep in a pile like 10 feet in front of the coop. And I just got down on the ground and pushed the whole pile of them into the coop. <laughs> and I don't know if you know this about chickens, but they get real dumb when they sleep. So they didn't like stand up and run in there. They just like rolled like a cartoon <laughs> into the coop. And I just pushed all 12 of them in a pile. What a bunch of idiots. <laughs> all right, I'm ready when you are. Yeah, go ahead. Now we're back. We are. Uh, where were we? Uh, it um, is now Sisurag. Sisurag rises up from behind the stone throne and says, I am Sisurag and I shall destroy you. Yeah, it's Sisurag's turn. Let's see. He's going to come in with a bite at Sam. That's a hit. She's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and he kills her. Yeah. Uh, he sinks his fangs in her shoulder and immediately his venom takes hold. And she goes limp. Cool. She has collapsed. 
Uh, let's see, that's eight wounds. <laughs> yeah, she's real dead. Uh, and then Cicerog will slither on around this side of the uh, throne toward Stevet. And it is now Artemis's turn. Artemis will come here. Mm-hmm. She will longsword Cicerog or not. Jesus, they're now they're doing terrible. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty bad. Okay. Um, one second here. Let me fix this. There we go. Also, like I said, you can add more people to your party if, if you know whenever you feel the need. Next is Torb. Torb the Invincible. <laughs> Torb is going to come in. Uh, do you need to put the negative one for the battle axe? Oh, yes, I do. Thank you. Let me add that real quick. Inventory, actions, battle axe, bonus to attack, minus one. It has been notated. All right. He's going to attack Cicerog with the battle axe. That's 17. Will hit. Absolutely. And damage. Ooh. Dying. What? Jesus. <laughs> I can just one hit him. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Torb Shovelman, like Conan the Barbarian, storms into the room and just begins hacking Cicerog's head off at the neck. And Cicerog goes, You shall never defeat me with rusty axe and shovel. <laughs> Now it's, I don't know why I just imagined Torb because of his the, the image that he has. I just yeah. imagine Rusty from uh, Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> and thus uh, dies Sisrog, the immortal demon. Snake. That's how I clean the turlets. <laughs> Uh, as Sisrog, his body lands on the ground and uh, completely dissolves into ash, and all that's left behind is his horn. Ooh. Uh, Torb will take the horn. Okay, is... I will add it to the parcel list in the party sheet. Is that just going to his inventory? Yeah. Cool. Um, is <laughs> there any way for him to heal... Uh, you can rest. You heal one HP per day. Jesus. Um, Sam died, didn't she? Yeah, Sam died. So let um, me clear out her inventory, and then yeah, I'll, I'll uh, delete her off the face of the earth. Uh, the mace is broken, so I'm not going to do anything with that. It can be repaired. Yeah, we're just we don't care. Okay. <laughs> just don't care at all. All right. Uh, and <laughs> fucking Torb. <laughs> Okay, um, so she is cleared out. I guess I should give the alchemist the herbs. That would make the most sense. Well, you're not going to be doing much in the dungeon. I wouldn't worry about it right now. Sam's good? Yeah, Sam is good. We'll kill her off. Uh, Did you want to roll a new one? Yeah, why not? Okay. Adam. Oh, I thought she said Adam. I was like, don't name him yet. Strength? Strength is 12. Mm-hmm. Agility is nine. Mm-hmm. Stamina. Stamina is ten. Personality. 
personality is 14. Intelligence? Intelligence is 9. And luck? Luck, 14. <laughs> Pretty good. Yep. Uh, let's see what sign he was born under. Or she. Or they. Um, born the seventh son and gets a plus one bonus to spell checks. Oh, gosh. Hold on. My computer got all weird. <laughs> Turned into a potato. Um, Is that a... <laughs> what? <laughs> the portrait looks like just a little boy. <laughs> like a little 12-year-old boy. <laughs> Occupation. Uh, oh, I think my computer's dying. Oh, I forgot to plug it in. One second. Goodness. That would be bad. That would, that would be, be bad. very bad. That would be very bad, yes. Sorry about that. Um, let's see. What did you get? A halfling trader. Interesting. All right. Let me get that in there for your occupation. Uh, you're going to have a short sword. Uh, and 20 silver pieces. Oh, wow. There we go. Come on. This short sword didn't add properly. One sec. There we go. And they need a name. Uh, his name is Dum Dum. <laughs> Dum Dum, the halfling trader. <laughs> uh, let me delete Sam off the combat tracker here because she's dead, dead, dead. I deleted her token. Okay. Cool. Need a name and then you're good. Yeah, Dum Dum. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you think I was joking? Yup. No, it's just uh, D-U-M, D-U-M. Yeah, dum-dum. Dum-dum. All right. Oh, wait. He's a halfling? Uh, mm -hmm. Poop heavy bottom. All right. Stealing other characters' names, huh? Yeah, it's an old character name from the friend. All right. <laughs> We're good to go. All right. Um, I, I guess I'll put uh, uh, their miniature down. Uh, from the combat tracker. They're going to sleep one night so that Torb can gain one health back. All right. I do. I believe it's one health per day. I can double check. Yeah, we'll just call it one. One health a day. This seems right. Okay. Uh, what are you sleeping on and what are you eating? Oh, shit. They don't have any food, do they? Um, no, if they had food enough to carry around with them and eat for days, they wouldn't be peasants, would they? That's true. Can they eat the herbs? <laughs> Um, yes. They're going to eat the herbs. <laughs> a whole pound of herbs. So they're going to each eat a quarter pound of dried plant. Why not? <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, everyone doesn't feel good. They have stomach aches, aches and they're <laughs> sleeping on a cold stone floor next to a, a burned out snake corpse in a room covered in clay tablets. I don't have any other choice. Uh, as your first night uh, away from home, many of you who have never uh, been more than a mile or two outside of your home in your entire lives, uh, it is a night of fitful sleep and nightmares of Cicerog and skeletons reaching out for you. 
Uh, you're also laying next to Sam's corpse. <laughs> She's. We use. Uh, can we use her corpse as a pillow? Uh, yeah, yeah, you could do that. That's. I'm not going to stop you. Um, it's smelly, but it's soft. Uh, it's weird, but I'm not going <laughs> to stop you. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, what we'll Sam would have wanted. <laughs> you're able to rest. You eat up all of the herbs, so no more herbs. They go back to Olaf and they cut him open and they sleep inside of him for warmth. You could uh, eat Sam. It's true, but we're not cannibals or monsters, so. Well, it's the first time for everything. I also, you probably also never fought a giant demon snake, so. It's true. You know. You got me there. Whatever, right? Um, when we awake, we're going to inspect the tablets. Okay. Um, let me get down to them. <clears throat> The tablets seem to, they're, they're kind of out of order, but you can make out a story. Uh, they tell of an okay. alien race that came down from the stars to bring magical implements to a barbarian tribe who in turn conquered many lands with their newfound powers. The aliens are said to return when the stars are right. Many less significant events are foretold by the, the stars and tablets as well. Uh, droughts, plagues, births of deaths and kings, uh, uh, things like that. Okay. Like prophetic tablets. Cool. Uh, well, Poop Heavy Bottom, uh, being, having just arrived, is going to lead the party. Excellent. The young boy, Poop Heavy Bottom, who just slept next to the corpse of a girl that was killed by a demon snake after spending his entire young life as a, what was he again? A traitor. Yep. <laughs> All right. He is eager for fortune. So he's going to go up there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and open the north door. Excellent. Okay, here we go. That's damn it. That's that's also the wrong pin. You need to fix these damn things. A swimming pool. This enormous chamber is filled with a large rectangular pool of water running the entire length of the room. Diffused light shines upward from the pool, illuminating wide pillars lining the walls. Strangest of all, however, are the man-shaped crystal creatures visible in the shadows. They shuffle about slowly, their strange crystalline bodies sparkling like jewels whenever they catch the light from the pool. There is a door in the far corner of this chamber. Are they the pillars that are showing up on the map? Oh, God dang it. I just poured like a whole soda all over me. No, they're not. Like the whole the whole thing. All right. Well, Poop, good old Poop, is just going to walk up the door. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, as he does so, the crystalline figures um, kind of turn and start sort of shambling toward him. Uh, they're certainly not quick. Uh, they don't seem particularly intelligent in their movements either. Uh, they're just shamblers. They're shambling. They were born a shambling man. That's, that's the song goes. <laughs> that's the song. <laughs> um, the door opens into a spiral staircase leading down. Okay. They all go down. Okay. Uh, the chrysalis figures again kind of shamble toward each of you, um, but don't uh, make any movements beside watching poop is actually curious first mm -hmm. so he's gonna approach the shambling figures uh they're there and i mean they're they're not going down the stairs with you 
Okay. So you would have to do this before you go down the stairs. Well, they all go down the stairs then. Okay. <laughs> um, you end up. Meow. Here, I'm gonna move you up there. It's uh up and right on the map. Okay. Because this is beneath the previous zone. So. <clears throat> uh, here we go. This this the spiral staircase leads to a long, narrow room with a door in the far wall. There are several ledges holding miniature clay soldiers, and two tables with armies of opposing soldiers are laid out around buildings and hills. Okay. And then there's a door down in the uh, southwest corner there you can see. All right. Uh, Poop is going to go straight for that door. Excellent. Go bloop. The door opens upon a breathtaking scene. An enormous three tiered chamber spreads before you. An oversized throne rests upon a raised dais at the far end of the room. Seated on the throne is a clay warlord that resemb resembles the giant statue you saw earlier. A pulsating light emanates from a crystal globe atop the throne. Below the dais at floor level are seven statues of clay generals that stand motionless. Their heads appear to have been smashed, and recently so. Below them, in a huge pit that runs the length of the room, stands an army of clay soldiers. There are dozens of soldiers arrayed in marching formation, their clay armor and clay spears equipped for war. The, a great stillness pervades the room. It is the stillness of death, the silence of a tomb. Then, suddenly, the stillness is broken as the clay warlord jerkily raises an arm toward his generals. Then, the entire army takes a lurching step forward, shattering the silence with the tramp of doom. What do you do? <coughs> um, or you didn't move Torb and all of them to that room, did you? I did not, know. Uh, you said they all went down the stairs, so they're, they're in the room with poop <laughs> but, but uh yeah here let me help move people oh i can't uh, i got them i'm zoomed way out uh as they the the soldiers kind of uh, uh look at the warlord and then they look down at the generals as if uh, uh waiting uh for an order but the generals have not animated um torb is gonna look at the you said there was a battlefield table mm -hmm. uh, he's gonna inspect that uh okay. Uh, it's a large table, uh, the 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 kind that you you know have been used in in war rooms and such. Uh, looks like four of the clay soldiers are made of silver, so that's nice. Uh, he's gonna Torb is gonna take the silver soldiers. Okay, it's in your parcel items. Three, four. Uh, as Poop is continuing to watch while Torb rummages around the table, uh, the warlord gives another stern gesture and uh, the soldiers begin uh, turning toward you and uh, start climbing up out of the, the pit that they're in. <clears throat> Let me put them on the map real quick. As one by one, it's going to freeze for a second because it's 81 minis it's placing. Jesus. There you go. Um, 
Yeah, I'm waiting for it to load. Okay. Um, and they uh they begin each of them. They're very slow. Uh, but they begin scrambling up the sides and uh, uh starting to climb and and march out of here. Um, Artemis is gonna ask Poop what's happening, and Poop will tell her. Mm-hmm. Um. She's going to start smashing all of the clay soldiers in this hallway. Okay. Uh, she does so, and it doesn't seem to affect the soldiers in the room. Damn. Um, well. I'll give you one more action, then we're going to go into initiative order. Shitty dicks. Uh, what else is in this hallway? Uh, that's it. It's a table with some clay soldiers and some maps. I mean, it's just very clearly a, a war room. Strategy room, I should say. Okay. Let's go. Poop is going to run in. Mm, Okay. Roll all initiatives. (laughs) Uh, Okay. We're just going to be rolling a bunch of characters. Uh, Looks like the soldiers have it. Um... I'm not going to run through each... God, you rolled a nat 20 for the soldiers. Yep. I'm not going to run through each turn here, uh, but they're... uh, Well, I guess I could just do this. So this one's able to move out. This one's able to move out. And the rest of these guys are going to kind of move up. And they're going to start kind of climbing out here because they're kind of down in this pit sort of thing. And I'm probably not going to move all of them just because it's a lot, but you get the idea. They're <laughs> they're coming for you. Yeah. Um <clears throat> and let me get some damage going. Uh the uh uh one is going to attack Steve Et, and two are going to attack poop and i think that's all they can do this turn due to their very terribly low um speed uh poop is gonna get hit that's gonna be (laughs) enough to take him out uh, uh, poop is instantly speared through the heart and the young halfling trader falls over limp one idiot uh next up is stevette uh who also is hit with a spear, and run through, <laughs> killing her instantaneously. Oh, man. Should have uh, rolled 20 characters. And then uh, I'll work on moving my guys forward as you uh, take your turns. Uh, let me get down to you. Poop's there, but he's out. It's going to be Steve Ed, who's also out. It's going to be Artemis and then Torb. this is like the worst kind of war game I don't even know so just a question yes was there a way to do it without fighting all of these guys and you want me to answer honestly yeah Uh, yes god damn it Uh, and there still is Hmm. 
but I'll give you no more information than that. If you'd like, um, we can stop here because I know you do have to go. Yeah, we'll go ahead and, uh, and then we could wrap up the rest of this next time. Cool. On Dragon Ball Z. Well, let's go ahead and roll some more characters. Okay, we'll get a couple more in. Uh, have you already pulled items out of the inventories for Poop and Stevette? No, let me do that. I don't think I'm going to pull. And we'll roll uh, two more. And uh, uh, those two more you roll, I'll probably start them um, in the strategy room. Or realistically, you could start them back in any room you've been in in the dungeon. Well, I'm probably going to retreat. Uh, I don't like to play the game for you, but I'll tell you that probably wouldn't be a terrible idea. <laughs> uh, Poop Heavy Bottom is good. Good to delete. Well, yeah. he had a shitty name anyway. Okay. And Stevet is good to Stevet as well. Um, Excellent. Um, they're gonna go back up to the pool room. Okay. Um, we're not. I'm not gonna run it in turn order because they can very easily outpace these guys. Uh, you can go back through uh, both doors. Are you shutting them or leaving yes, them? Yes, we're open? shutting the doors. Okay. Uh, the doors shut. You do still hear them continuing to march and move after you've you've left the room. And then I'll put Artemis and Torb back in the pool room. Uh, and you can have your new characters start at the bar in the pool room if you want. Makes sense to me. All right. Sounds good. Let me go and pull and up two new characters. Mm-hmm. All right. Start rolling. Excellent. Yeah, 11. Strength. 11. Agility. Oh, 12. 12. Stamina. 10 personality 8 intelligence 8 and luck 10 not tremendously awful this person was born uh, a wild child each plus one or minus one adds plus one or minus one speed which does not affect them because their luck is a straight 10. Occupation. This wild child is a dwarven rat catcher with a club and a net. Our first dwarf. How exciting. Club and a net. In this, uh, in DCCRPG, dwarves can smell jewels and gold. Weird. Just as an FYI. <laughs> Uh, okay, there you go. You've got a dwarven rat catcher that was born a wild child. It's a name and a picture. Uh, Gargamel. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one. Let's roll some stats. Strength. 18. Ooh, 18. Hot dang. 10 for agility, stamina, 12, personality, Ooh, not Seven. very personable, intelligence, doesn't matter, they're strong, it's okay, <laughs> uh, 8 for intelligence, 
And a 13 for luck. A respectable 13. This person was born uh, in a charmed house and has a permanent plus one to their armor class. And I'll go ahead and add that in right now just so I don't forget. Uh, and finally, occupation. Let's take a look here. Farmer with a pitchfork. Excellent. Uh, you are a... Let's see what kind of... You're a turnip farmer. Because you're not just a farmer. You have to roll the type of farmer you are. Weird. And you start with a chicken. <laughs> and a piece of chalk. All right. And farmer a pitchfork. And this turnip farmer that just entered a dungeon with a pitchfork and a chicken needs a name. You know, this person would have been great whenever y'all were looking for food to eat. Right. That's uh, going to be uh, Torvald. <laughs> Torvald. All right. Torvald uh, Chicken Chaser. Chicken Chaser. You didn't put an N there. I know. It's just Chicky Chaser. Chicky Chaser. <laughs> Uh, we're going to do one more, if that's cool. Yeah, sure. Oh, I forgot to put a picture. For Tor Torvald. I'm <laughs> still blown away that Torb has not died. I'm super happy about it, man. I'm rooting for I, him. I don't even understand. All right. So. And then five. We'll, we'll, we'll set five as the kind of soft limit here. Yeah. Ten for strength. Okay, agility. Agility is 11. Mm -hmm. Stamina? 17. Oh, personality? 11. Intelligence? 9. And luck? 10. Okay, so luck. You keep rolling these plus zero luck stats, which means your lucky sign doesn't do anything. <laughs> uh, Fox is cunning, although I guess it does give him some kind of flavor. You know, it's a very Ooh, cunning person. Find and disable traps. <laughs> but it's plus zero because your luck is zero. Um, a guild beggar sporting a sling with stones and crutches. <laughs> <laughs> a guy so your guys are like oh my god we need help oh and a flask of oil and in walks a farmer holding a chicken and a guy in crutches <laughs> uh, if you would name and portrait them it is oh I can name cool Oliver Oliver Tw Twister <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we will stop tonight um, and uh, uh, call that done. There's not a lot left in the dungeon. You're, you're pretty, you pretty much went through the majority of it. I just have to either fight all these guys or figure out a way to not fight them. Yeah. Um, but how did you feel about DCC RPG system-wise? Now, you didn't burn any luck points the whole night. Yeah, I kind of forgot about it. Um, yeah. I liked it. I'm rooting for Torb. Uh, yeah, as am I. Torb is the uh, fan favorite. I'll be very sad if he dies. Torb is pretty awesome, although I have high hopes for Gargamel. <laughs> I'm really feeling, really feeling Gargamel, the dwarven rat catcher. I, th I think <laughs> he's like the lowest stats that I've ever won. 
Uh, and, and what I will do is whenever you do complete this dungeon, uh, whoever is in your party will uh, upgrade to a level one character. And you may continue to play multiple characters as you, if you wish. Um, or you can just go, well, let one of them go and then keep this one. Or maybe keep them, we can keep them in like the stable of characters you have. They're good as a backup in case your main character dies. Because death, death still does come swiftly and with a vengeance in DCC, even at high levels. Um, but it's not quite the meat grinder that level zero is. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I really, really hoping. I'm, I'm kind of tempted to just put Torm at the top of the dungeon and just keep <laughs> generating characters. <laughs> I think he's I think he's earned it. <laughs> yeah. Now certainly eventually cuz you've gone through um probably 10 or 11 characters including your ones still living. Eventually townsfolk will stop coming. I'm not just going to let you infinitely I, I haven't done 10 or 11. I've done 5. I've gone through 5 people. 5 have died? Yeah, 5 have died. Well yeah, well I mean you have 10 total including your living ones, oh, yeah. you know. Uh only so many peasants are going to go into this dungeon, so I wouldn't, uh, uh, I'm not going to let you just stream a line of 150 peasants into this room. <laughs> Until we like know, have to restart. <laughs> I know you'd put Torb at the, at the end of the line and he'd be like, oh, look, I won. It's a, it's a miracle. <laughs> Torb, was it Torb Shovelman? Yeah, Torb Shovelman. <laughs> I also like, I like Artemis Blood, Blood Dyer. She's doing pretty good. <laughs> She's not, I feel like she hasn't done much. She did, she killed some skeletons. Yeah, um, I, Torb went, uh, Torb is hardcore. Yeah, <laughs> all right, just straight up, Torb is insane. He is a shovel knight. <laughs> um, but I, what I do love about the system, um, is that you build these connections with these characters. Like if you, if I was like, if we were playing D anD D, and I was like, make a character, you'd be like, I don't know, a level one monk that named Felipe, and is, he's <laughs> from the, uh, Neverwinter. Like you make up the backstory, but you have no connection to him. Yeah. You know. And in, in this, it's like you're creating the backstory. Like you have this web. We both have this weird connection with Torb that I've never had with a level one, much less a level zero character before. Right. I like how you're rooting for Torb at this point. I, I am. Well, I mean, at this point, what does he get? Torb's got two HP. No, he should have three. Uh, no, he's got four HP. That's why he lived. I mean, total, not yeah. not currently. Um, oh, yes, you're right. He does still have one wound. So he's got three HP left. You're correct. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's really interesting the bond you form with these poor peasants. This grave digger. Yeah, as they you know they make it through this dungeon, and I'm ex- I'm excited to see who does make it out. Um, the last folks that ran this dungeon, um, they they uh, one of them his his favorite character made it all the way to the end, and then got crushed by some debris. Oh, yeah. did they figure and out that's... the statue bit? <laughs> um, I had to guide them very heavily okay um and uh the guiding i did was more so putting them in their characters mindset and perspective than it was like you know playing a game of hot and cold uh, uh, but there was the the i'll say that i'm pretty sure that they would not have figured it out had i not told them i was really hoping crushing the uh, clay statues would have done it with what when I was in the hallway and I had Artemis crush all. Oh the yeah, yeah. Statues. See, that does seem like the obvious. And this is the thing about these dungeons is that some of the rooms there's really there's not an orthodox answer to. You know, uh, um, like let me give you an example because you're already past the room, right? Um, I'll give you right. an example in the room with the big flame spitting uh, statue. 
What you could have done is taken the two doors off the hinges from the previous rooms and used them to block the flames. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, it's things that you might not think of. You really do have to put yourself in. So I can the take all the crystal guys and <laughs> throw them. Yeah, well, I mean, it'd be hard to pick one up, but <laughs> you get the idea. Just but, push I mean, them it's down these, the stairs. It, the, the game really does want you to be in the mindset of, all right, I'm this guy, and I'm in this room, and this is what I see, and these are the resources I have, and I've shown up with nothing but a chicken and a pitchfork, and you know that you're woefully unprepared. You know, and the question is, how are you going to improvise and adapt to this situation, you know, yeah. and, and show your, your human or dwarven or halfling ingenuity through your character? Anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, thanks, everyone. <laughs> we'll uh, be back with more riveting, not Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, you don't have a name for this segment. But uh, DC, we'll call it Tabletop Adventures. The Torb Fan Club. <laughs> the Torb <laughs> Fan Club. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I want to name it that because what if he dies and then everyone's sad? <laughs> yeah, the other guy that you gave a cool name to or like cared about instantly got <laughs> run through with spears. I kind of figured that would happen. <laughs> All you had to do was crawl in the room. You'd have been fine. That's a good point. Can I crawl into the uh, the clay room? <laughs> yeah, they'll stab you with spears though. Oh, okay. Oh, is this... Wait a minute. Is this water room right above the clay room? Uh, it is above the clay room, yes. Uh, I can just like, is there like a a drain? Well, we'll we'll <laughs> play the rest of it. I know, I know, it's 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 a it's an interesting puzzle. Um, but yeah, when you do go down the stairwell, it is directly beneath the the water room. is is fully above, centered in uh, above the the statue room. Yes. Alrighty. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back again at another time. And See ya. Everyone have a good day or night or wherever you listen to this. Bye. All right. Good night. Bye.